Oh, happy Friday night, guys. Happy Friday night. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing tonight? I think I'm doing better than Hector. I know that much. Oh. <laughs> this has been the worst tax season ever. You know, we, we're oh. running up to, this is the last couple of days and to all the people that waited last minute to get their taxes done. There were some over expectations about, you know, how generous the tax code would be for the average <laughs> Joe. Uh, there's some misunderstanding on how losses get posted this year and and sort all sorts of crazy things. So change to the tax law. We're down to the wire. It's hectic. And when's your you have till the 15th, right? That's right. Until Tuesday. Till Tuesday. And how many people are going to bring it in over the weekend? We got like uh, 40 left to finish. So so I think it's doable. Okay, that's good news. So you, you don't have to work over the weekend then? You can do it on Monday and Tuesday? No, I kind of do it like, I guess, as documents come in, we just get get them done, get them out the door. Yeah, how, how big how big is the team, Hector, that are that are handling the tax, the tax season for you here in October? So, yeah, so our whole team is eight people, from which uh, two do solely sort of sales and customer service and appointment setting. So they don't do much in the tax world. Uh, four, of, four of them are doing bookkeeping, just getting the books ready, P&L balance sheet, you know, details, get me ready in a report so we can file the returns. And then the returns is just me and my, you, uh, me and my wife. <laughs> confused about who, who the That's how bad this season is. You're That's confused about who is. your wife is. <laughs> I forgot who, who, who is this person here next to me working? So we're working from home. We're working next to each other. We have two desks literally uh, next to each other. And we're all day long saying, hey, did so-and-so sign? Yeah, okay, I need this. And wow. so we make a pretty good team, I think. So you get you get this kind of concentrated time, like January, February to April, and then you get this concentrated time, like August, September to mid-October. And then do yeah. you, just like April, do you take like a massive vacation time yeah. after October? Yeah. yeah. We, every May we take a, we take a vacation because it's two of our kids' birthdays plus our anniversary, so we kill three birds with one stone. Yeah. And, and by the way, that is such a bad idiom. Right? <laughs> it like, is. It's a terrible. Yeah. So it's horrible. Like, why are you killing birds in the first place? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, my, my big vacation is QuickBooks Connect, honestly, because that's actually a vacation from everyone. Like, uh, you know, that's no wife, no kids. My wife tends not to want to come because they want doesn't leave their four kids behind or doesn't want to bring them to California because she feels she'll go nuts over there with the kids. So, so that's my real vacation where I really I'm away from everyone and, and doing work. But, um, but then, uh, but then we'll probably take a vacation in December. That's great. That's great. And Andrew, is it, is it the same in Canada? I have no idea if there's an October extension. We're weird in the U S we have September extension, October extension, what entities are due when nobody knows. Yeah. But. Luckily we do not um, on the personal tax side. We just have, uh, April 30th. And then we, we do have one again in June for sole props, but um, you know, that's pretty small potatoes. So it's really just April is the big rush on the personal side on the corporate side. It really can be any month of the year as okay. each company has a fiscal year end. And then it's due uh, three months after their year end GST HST is due slash uh, their corporate taxes. The funny thing about Canada is so three months after your year end, you have to pay your taxes, but you don't actually have to file the return until six months after your year end. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
So it starts to, they start to charge you interest three months afterwards if you haven't paid. Um, and then after six months, they charge you a penalty if you haven't filed. <laughs> so you have to pay before you know what it is. There's so many quirks. So, yeah. so Andrew, I know this is kind of a special holiday weekend for yes. Canadians. Um, and so for those of us, I mean, I literally was reminded today by somebody who- Your Canadian you know, wife? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, my, I tried, you know, somebody asked to book a meeting. And so I went to their calendar to book and they said, oh, actually it's Canadian holiday on Monday. I went, oh, it's Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. So maybe yeah. you can give a quick 30 second. What is Canadian Thanksgiving for the American, the dumb American who does it's not know? Just a, it's, it's Thanksgiving. It's the same thing. I, I don't even know why we have it a different weekend than you, but we do. Um, so I wish I knew my history well enough to tell you why it's a different weekend. Um, but it is an opportunity to, you know, say thanks to everyone. And, and so maybe we should take this opportunity to go around and say something that we're grateful for. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll kick off. Um, I'll say I'm grateful for Friday Night Lives with you guys. Um, you know, we're running, I guess it's, we're over a year now, right? Or close to a year. I'm not even sure how many weeks it's been, but we're pretty darn close to a year. And it's been, it's been a fun time with you guys. I'm grateful to be going to UB Connect again this year and hanging out with you guys. There you go. Um, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, my family, of course, and I'm grateful um, that I am lucky enough to be in this industry at this time that is so exciting and fun that we've got all this technology and all these different changes going on that to me, I really, you know, I really love. And I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's the perfect blend for me. Um, you know, I'd probably be bored stiff if we weren't going through these constant changes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just grateful and fortunate to be in the position we're in today. That's great. That's great. We Hector, you think we get to say uh, what we're grateful for, even though we're American, we don't celebrate Thanksgiving for another month and a half. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a month and a half to think about it. We'll, we'll, we'll return the favor, but we'll, we'll make it short, I guess. So yeah, absolutely grateful for having the privilege to hang out with, uh, with friends of the industry and, and get excited before a big conference. Most of the people watching and listening to this, you know, we'll go to QuickBooks Connect or a journey to go to QuickBooks Connect. So so it's a great place for us to kind of like rekindle this in, in person. And the usual, right? I think I'm, my son just turned three uh, yesterday. So I'm grateful for having the privilege to watch my kids uh, grow. I think that they're really, there's a lot of other things to be grateful for, but that that's, I think that tops mm, it. That's great. Yeah, I, um, I'm really grateful for uh, God's grace in my life. Um, and that's shown through a variety of ways, but including the time I get to get to with you guys, we live in a, um, a ridiculous time in history where I can do a Friday night podcast, Facebook live show with two guys in completely different cities from our homes. Um, this, what an amazing opportunity. And we get to, in our own small way, speak to our friends and associates in the industry, maybe have some influence, but have a lot of fun at, at the least. Um, and we get to talk to interesting people. And um, so I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for my wife and kids, their, their support throughout this whole crazy four years since I basically joined this community <laughs> and got to launch Reconciled and, and all the employees and the customers and relationships I formed. Um, it's been so fulfilling. And so I, I'm so thankful for that. And um, yeah, you know, and for the people in the industry, kind of a, you know, a, a, good, a good segue. It, there was big news today that rich priests of big rich Priest, probably are one of our most listened to and watched shows uh announced that he was leaving into it 
Um, I think we all, all of us who know him read that email, um, both who know him well and know him um, only a little bit, probably read that email with bittersweetness. Um, really happy for him, excited to hear what is next for him, but also um, a little sad that somebody like Rich is leaving into it. Um, so, you know, for, I know our audience, many of our audience knows him, and I know you guys know him. Maybe a, a quick word of your appreciation for Rich and how he's shaped your time and into it and your relationship with him. I remember um, meeting Rich for the first time at a QB Connect, and he is just such a, a cool guy, um, you know, and just, you know, like everyone, so many people at Intuit, just always has the time for you, you know, always has um, great words of wisdom to say. I remember doing a couple of interviews with him at QB Connect about his passion for connecting the accounting community um, with the small business owners. And I think he really did a, a great job of trying to to illustrate that and and implement that um, within the Intuit community. And he'll sadly be missed for sure at, uh, at the conferences. He did say that he would come back to, to Friday Night Live uh, even after he has uh, settled in his new gig. And he can tell us more about what that new gig is, which I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm curious to see what that is. Uh, and I hope we can hold him to, I hold him to account to come back. Um, so Rich, if your ears are burning, we definitely want to get you back here. Um, whenever you're settled. I think he's going to take a month off, right? Uh, he said before he starts his new gig. So we'll let him enjoy some time with the family because we all know how important that is. Um, but uh, I'm, like you said, is uh, proud of him for his new gig, but he'll be, he'll be sadly missed. Yeah, so uh, Rich Priest, for the ones that don't know him, he worked for Intuit for about 17 years. His last role was something like country president or country manager for the US and it was kind of a made up role when they were, they were, you know, separating all the leadership from the different countries. And I think the, the president from Canada left and was replaced by someone else. So it all happened kind of during that time. But I got to meet Rich in, in, uh, in what's called the accountant council, which is the same place that I met Michael. And I got to meet the old leader, the one that Rich replaced who's Jim McGinnis, who's a great guy. I loved working with him. And uh, so I got basically, I got two great leaders in two different year councils. But what's really nice about what I liked about uh, Rich is he had a way when the conversation was kind of going out of control, where you have all these, all these heads with their egos and their, their own type of issues. He had a way of recognizing everyone's individual thoughts and needs, but also bringing the conversation down to the brass tacks to the specific topic at hand and getting people to work together towards a specific goal, even with different approaches or different ways of doing things. So that's a really great thing to see in a leader. And uh, at the same time, I also saw Arish, who's more likely going to follow his footsteps and take over his position at some point. I also saw her sort of blossom and Michael also blossom into the leadership role that she's, she's done now. And I, and I knew it when I met her that she was going to be great as well. So, but in that thought, I'll tell you one thing. So I started making friends with a lot of people that into it in the past seven, eight years. And I've seen a lot of folks, especially in the upper side, leave, um, you know, for whatever reasons, right? And the one thing, and, and I'm bummed out because I like building relationships with people because I know, not that I have leverage, but at least I have an ear to, to, to tell them about something pressing with QuickBooks or the community. Uh, and every time somebody leaves and gets replaced, I'm kind of bummed out about it. I'm excited to make relationships with a new person, always wondering, hey, what is the new 
head of accounting or head of the pro advisor program. What are they going to be like? Are they going to be pro pro advisors? Are they going to be pro customers? You know, always worry about those things. But the one thing that is consistent, even with everyone that leaves into it, is the community, like you guys, the other pro advisors, the accountants. So in, in many ways, I like building relationships with them. But I think building relationships with my peers uh, are going to be guaranteed to last longer, uh, especially when you have Intuit employees jumping you know, to Sage or Zero or competing products in which you know, I really don't want to spend that much time with. So it makes it even harder. Um, uh, so that's kind of my thought. And so, Rich, you know, if you're listening again, uh, good luck with your next endeavor. If you're down in Miami, give me a call. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have some drinks. Absolutely. And, and I think you're right. There is so much transition with the, within Intuit. Um, even in Canada, we, you know, uh, big guy. I don't know if you guys ever got the chance to meet Matt Canis. Again, big on the app side here in Canada. Um, he's left. Um, but what often happens is even though these people leave into it, they're still in the ecosystem. So Matt's gone over to another app partner. Um, you know, we saw that with David Leary too, right? Who, who's, you know, in the community still. So a lot of these people still end up within our circle, within our community. Um, but they are, it's still not the same. You're right. I, I know what you're saying about feeling like you've lost a bit of that relationship when, when someone leaves. Um, so it's definitely, you know, sad to see both of those guys go um, and all of the people that have left over the last few years. Um, but uh, we also know that we, we will see them around and it's not the end of the relationship. Yeah. And that's, and that's awesome. And that's, you know, in a month away, we'll, we have this, you know, large, obviously large conference that's in our industry QuickBooks connect. Many of us are speaking at it and going to be able to hang out and see each other and such a, a welcoming environment. Um, and these, all these transitions kind of gives me, gives me thought to our topic tonight. Um, you know, the, this industry is changing so fast, right? Every, every month we hear about another acquisition auto entry just got bought by Sage recently. We talked about, you know, Matt Canis going over to practice ignition. They raised 15 million us or 20 million us, whatever it was. Um, and you know, hiring very fast, um, into it, which I still think is, is, um, the most, one of the most influential, obviously worldwide, as well as in the U S basically innovating through QuickBooks live and, um, the Uberization of bookkeeping and services like they did with TurboTax. And that creates this global opportunity for and also a kind of a gray area around um what is the definition of work what is work what's the definition of employee versus contractor uh what are the pros and cons who gets to decide is it the worker that gets to decide is it the government that gets to decide and as we know and because we deal with a lot of us deal with tax law and the irs the government is way behind much farther behind than innovation and is basically trying to keep up with innovation. So, uh, is a worker also AI? Is machine learning and should they be taxed on their wages? I mean, there's so many questions around that when you start having literally automated accountants, automated bookkeepers, robots. Uh, you know, robots are doing your bookkeeping. <laughs> uh, when when you start doing that, you, you start getting these m kind of muddy waters. And this is a great topic because you know, um, I recently this year. Um, and a great example is I, <clears throat> I started, uh, we started growing our CFO advisory practice very fast, a lot faster this year than we had in previous years. And there was a point in late summer where um, 
the demand for CFO and the desire for CFO from Reconciled was so high that I literally had to go to Upwork and just start sourcing CFOs that were already on Upwork. And I was able to find a handful that were killer. They were stellar, amazing. Um, and they were doing some great work right now. And, you know, Upwork, Upwork is a, a platform similar to other platforms that's kind of uh, crowdsourcing labor, crowdsourcing services and allowing us to hire. Um, but it's this money, it's in, in interesting situation because Upwork allows me to pay Upwork and they have a 1099 contractor that that posted their information, a CFO on there. Um, so is that person, a, you know, they're an Upwork contractor. At some point, they'll be a, you know, they'll, they'll eventually do some work outside of Upwork for me, I'm sure. Um, other contractors I meet, when do they become a CFO or an employee? So I don't know, Hector, maybe you can shed some light first about like, what is the actual definition or what is like the rule that the IRS considers if... I'm a firm or an employer and I'm like, I'm right. going to use a contract versus an employee. What is that? Yeah. There, there are some legal uh, ramifications that I can't get into because I'm not an attorney, but uh, generally, generally speaking, employees are more protected than, than contractors when it comes to getting fired justly, unjustly, that, that sort of thing. So uh, th that, that's a bit, little bit of the, the legal consequences or ramifications. Another potential, again, on the legal side, without getting into the details, is you know whether that employer contractor has agency to uh, to hire in the behalf of the business. You know what kind of what kind of um, what kind of powers and what kind of responsibilities have been bestowed upon this individual that's an employee or a, or a contractor. And generally speaking, employees can speak in behalf of the company a lot louder or or with a lot more legal standing than, than a contractor can. So because of that, um, the, uh, generally speaking, if an employee wants to be more secure about getting fired or having a, uh, a job and having and getting paid overtime, they want to be an employee. Mm. If, uh, if, if that individual person wants some flexibility, let's call it that, in terms of what you claim as a, as a deduction towards your income, you'll probably want to be a contractor, right? Because most contractors are pay less taxes than employees because they're able to reduce, uh, you know, driving their car to the business, that sort of thing. So it, it, the, your first question is who chooses, right? Mm -hmm. So, if, so if, it's up to, if it was up to the employee, they would be weighing in, okay, do I want the potential uh, tax consequences are positive towards me, then I'll choose to be a contractor. Do I want to have a more secure job, get paid over time? I want to be an employee, assuming it was up to the employee. Now for the employer, employers prefer for the most part, subcontractors uh, because um, they don't have to pay payroll taxes. So there's less of an administrative burden. They don't have to pay overtime and they can fire the person at any time because by definition, they are short term. In some cases, uh, contractors tend to give you less of their time. So if a contractor gets really, really, really good and you want 40 hours a week out of them, you might not get them because as they get better and better, they contract for other people and they're going to go with the highest bidder. So if you're a, a, a business that wants to retain that talent, they probably want to be employee. So either way, businesses and employees don't get to choose the relationship uh, the state 
determines the relationship. Now, the state follows uh, the IRS in many ways, or the IRS follows the state in many ways. And there's three general tests that they will do if they're auditing a company for employee versus subcontractor. There's what's called behavioral control. So that's test number one. The second one is called financial control. And the third one is called relationship. So behavioral control is basically, does the employer dictate the behavior of the employee subcontractor? So do they give them tools? Do they give them instructions? Do they train them? Do they give them a schedule? Is the schedule restricted, right? That would be behavioral control. Now on financial control, okay, how are they being paid? Okay, are they being paid with an invoice, right? So is the contractor sending them an invoice? Is the invoice based on time or based on, uh, on the work performed? Is there financial risk on the contractor side that if the job gets done wrong, they have to redo it for free or not get paid? That's the financial relationship or financial control. And, you know, employees, if they screw up, they still get paid, right? where contractors typically it works goes a different way. You know, does the does the subcontractor employee have the capacity to hire help under them? Or does the employer themselves have to uh, dictate who the who the help is and, and they pay their help, that sort of thing. The third uh, one was relationship. So is there a formal contract, right? Is the contractor on the legal capacity to do that? Is the contract permanent, right? So is this employee working 50 hours a week or are they working sort of by job, by season, based on the on on, on activity? Um, is there exclusivity? Like, does a contract say you can only work for me for the next three years and no one else? Period. Well, that that's more of a, a, a employee versus a contractor. So you take that behavior control, financial control, and relationship. You kind of mix all of them together and you start weighing them out. Look, is this looking more like an employee? Looking more like a contractor? And that's how the IRS determines it. That's how the Department of Labor will determine it. And, and every state is different, but will determine it if they want to make sure that people get paid overtime or force people to get workers' comp insurance. Or maybe if, if, if you have a specific headcount of employees, you're forced to have to provide insurance because of the Obamacare law. All, all these things uh, matter, uh, especially for medium-sized uh, companies. So does that answer your question? Was that, was that too long? <laughs> That's that's great. That's um that's great. And, and is that a uh, very similar, Andrew, in in, in Canada? And, and what are some nuances maybe to that? Yeah. Um. So it's it's similar. It's funny actually. This is what we do. This is our area of focus. We specialize in independent contractors. Um. So first thing I want to clarify is, um, I personally disagree with you, Hector. That, you know, whether you're looking for sort of a longer term relationship you go as an employee. And if you're looking for, you know, a longer, someone who's going to stay with you longer and more security, I think all that's out the window these days. You know, there's no job security. We don't hire people for 10, 15 years. Employees don't stay at one company for 10, 15 years. You're only as good as your skill set, And that's whether you're an employee or an independent contractor period. And people are constantly shifting and moving for the next greatest opportunity, whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. So that's my first argument on that. Now in Canada, we have very similar types of things. They're looking at sort of three key areas. They're looking at um, integration. So how well you're integrated into the system. Like, are you on their phone system? You know, are you going out to employee events? Those types of things. They're looking at control. Um, control is a big factor. Now control is very, it's this really funny fine line thing um, because employers are allowed to exert control over the outcome 
but not over the process. And, and the analogy that's often used is a painter. Um, no one uh, argues whether a painter is an independent contractor and you certainly allowed to control um, when they come into your house, what color they paint your walls, certain things as far as the outcome of the process, but you don't tell them, are they gonna tape in the lines? Or are they gonna cut in the lines with a, with, with a brush? You know, they control the process, but you as the customer ultimately get to control the outcome. Um, so control is, is certainly a factor. Um, and then risk for profit and loss, again, is, is the same thing. Um, and they, they do look at things like ownership of tools, but you know, more and more we're in the knowledge age, right? So people's tools are, are the knowledge they bring and not necessarily the laptop. And specifically our area of focus has always been IT consultants. Um, and there's been some um, special acknowledgement that within the IT world, first of all, there can be more control put onto an IT contractor 